and avoid the situation, or you can try to pretend like it, it doesn't exist. And one thing I love about King David was that he wasn't afraid to show what happened when he also had bad days, which brings us to Psalm 39. Now, for a little context, scholars aren't exactly sure when this was written, um, but many believe that this is something David wrote nearer to the end of his life. Despite what we usually think about King David, he was not a perfect king. And by the end of his life, things were kind of falling apart around him. He was dealing with rebellions, both from his family, from different tribes of Israel. He had to be aware of these constant conspiracies and intrigues by his sons and his trusted advisors as to who would be the next king after he died. And in its, during all of this, he was, he was losing the strength the physical strength to be able to handle all of this by himself. And so uh, Psalm 39 goes like this. I said, I will guard my ways that I may not sin with my tongue. I will guard my mouth with a muzzle so long as the wicked are in my presence. I was mute and silent. I held my peace to no avail and my distress grew worse. My heart became hot within me as I mused the fire burned and then I spoke with my tongue. Oh, Lord, make me know my end and what is the measure of my days. Let me know how fleeting I am. Behold, you have made my days a few hand breaths, and my lifetime is as nothing before you. Surely all mankind stands as a mere breath. Selah. Surely a man goes about as a shadow. Surely for nothing they are in turmoil. Man heaps up wealth and does not know who will gather. And now, O oh Lord, for, who, for what do I wait? My hope is in you. Deliver me from all my transgressions. Do not make me the scorn of the fool. I am mute. I do not open my mouth, for it is you who have done it. Remove your stroke from me. I am spent by the hostility of your hand. When you discipline a man with rebukes for sin, you consume like a moth what is dear to him. Surely all mankind is a mere breath. Selah. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear to my cry. Hold not your peace at my tears, for I am a sojourner with you, a guest like all my fathers. Look away from me that I may smile again before I depart and am no more. So it's kind of an interesting breakdown where there, I broke this down into four parts. Um, verses one through three is kind of David's introduction to his state of mind before he goes to pray. And in it, it's clear he's going through difficult times. You know, for David, he's thinking, I know what I need to do and what's important here, which is, which is not sinning and making things worse for me or anyone else by throwing a tantrum or doing something which dishonors or further angers God but this inaction is driving me nuts. And the only thing I can do about it is fall on my knees and go before my God. And so we get into this prayer. So the first part of the prayer, verses four through six, you know, it answers the question, how do I approach God when I'm in this mindset? I really think that David gives a, a long and loud sigh before he starts because he has to calm down from this this built up anger, distress in him uh, before he can admit that it, he 
he needs a reminder that life is not about him. You know, it's so interesting that to see the humility that he's showing, that a recognizing that all human life, uh, even an individual life so accomplished and significant as David's is at best like a single breath exhaled in the course of a lifetime. If there's anyone in Israel at that time with the claim to significance, it is King David, right? He is the slayer of Goliath and tens of thousands. He is a uh, respected and celebrated poet, and he's now the chosen king of Israel, God's anointed one. And despite this, he recognizes the I guess the vanity of it all. And it's interesting how he he brings it up, right? Humanity continues its pointless pursuit of wealth and significance through means which will not last. In many ways, it is a shadow formed with the last rays of the setting sun gone at nightfall. Again, think Ecclesiastes 1.1 here. Vanity, vanity, all is vanity. And this brings us to the second part of the prayer, verse 7 through 11. Where is our hope and who is to blame? Well, God is our hope and we are to blame. You know, David's, I think David comes to this conclusion first before he even starts the prayer, because I think this is what gives him his humility. But here he recognizes that this sense of hopelessness and distress is a just punishment for his sins against God. And he humbly accepts that while asking for mercy. It's important to recognize here that he does both without attempting any excuses. It's one thing to humbly accept the consequences of one's sin and ask for mercy compared to simply trying to get out of punishment. Uh, Think back to what Pastor Paul was talking about with with regret, uh, sinful regret and godly regret. But here, uh, the the important part here as well is that David also recognizes that in this punishment is a gift of redemption. As God's consuming like a moth what is dear to David, has given David the opportunity to reset and relocate David's priorities and sense of value, which should hold God's promises and love most dearly. So by the time we get to the end, verses 12 and 13, there's nothing to do but appeal to God's mercy and love for us. David's only hope is in God, and even though for him this is unresolved, it's encouraging to remember that like David, we are sojourning with God. We are his travel partners in this strange land which is not our home, our home, of course, being heaven. So even though this is unresolved and and a little different from most of the Psalms that we see David writing. Uh, It's still a positive end as David has the opportunity to renew his confidence in God. So when we think about it, what are the main takeaways here? Uh, Looking through all of it, uh, a main idea for this, to paraphrase Kyle Eidelman, uh, God became real when I reached the end of The worst days that strip you of confidence in your abilities, your job, money, friends, your physical condition are sometimes the greatest gifts that God can give you in your journey of spiritual growth. 
It's by no means an easy gift, but if it's used right, the renewed trust and dependence on God that you gain from this experience is sometimes the only way that we can truly value God's grace and see it as priceless rather than worthless. And finally, for us, the good news here is that our Psalm 39 prayer is not unresolved because of Jesus's words in John 16, 33, where he says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And so that's why I'm I picked the song that I did for our praise. It's called Different. It's written by Micah Tyler. For for a little context, he wrote this song while his grandmother was fighting leukemia. He and his wife had just had their home destroyed by Hurricane Harvey. And he had just found out that his brother had stage four colon cancer. So he describes his thought process like this. In the midst of all of this, the prayer was, Jesus, can you change all of these things? Can you stop the cancer? Can you calm the storm? But he's chosen not to do that yet. Instead, the question stopped becoming, Jesus, can you change the things around me? But instead it was, God, can you change me so that I can handle the things that you're walking me through? And hopefully this is our hope and prayer. As hard as things may be when you are finding yourself experiencing this bad day, the fact that God's plan is unchanged and still on track in our lives should hopefully encourage us to hold on, to hold on to God's promise that he has overcome the world and the best is yet to come. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for your plan. We thank you that it is always unchanged. It is always on track despite our best efforts to derail it. Thank you for loving us enough that you've made sure that we have the ability and the way to find you through Christ. Lord, may we value that more than any of these things which we pursue and which shine so temporarily. God, thank you for your grace and your discernment as you walk us through our good days and our bad days. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.